One of the most dynamic agencies in the sports business is Playfly Sports, which touches so many areas of the business, from college sports to regional sports network advertising, uh, to property sales and consulting, uh, to esports and many others. Playfly was formed in 2020 when a group spearheaded by Michael Schreiber, Sinclair Broadcast Group, and Access Holdings acquired Outfront Media Sports, which at that time held exclusive multimedia rights for many colleges. Since then, under Shriver's leadership, the company has grown by acquiring the likes of Home Team Sports, uh, Fox Sports College Properties, Impression Sports and Entertainment, and Premier Partnerships, among other units. With us today is Playfly's founder and CEO, Michael Shriver, from Playfly's really brand, not brand new, but Playfly's very impressive offices outside of Philadelphia near the main line. Michael, good. Thank you very much for joining us on SBJ Spotlight. Thanks for having me and uh, appreciate it. I, I listen to this podcast myself, so I'm just excited to be here and be a part of it. Well, you and I have spent time together in the past. And like I said, you really got into the sports business around 2020. We know your background in terms of media and cable. But what has been your learnings about the sports business a couple of years in? Yeah, no, it's a great question. Thanks. And uh, uh, yeah, so it, it's interesting. The, the original thesis that we had was that local fans are really the key element to the sports industry. Um, no one's really a fan of the playoffs. No one's a fan of the championship. They're a fan of a team. Um, and at the end of the day, that core uh, uh, piece of information is what we've surrounded our business on. And uh, from the beginning, we saw it and that's how we built the company. And now, uh, two years later, uh, per your question, uh, we are that much more focused on that concept. It's not about um, all the events and all of the fanfare. It's about the fan. How do we build a business that surrounds the fan experience, the fan life cycle, um, and how do we drive all of our partners' revenue, fan engagement, um, and all of the lines of their business using that local fan as the key nucleus of the business. And that's the way we think about it. That's the way we drive our business forward. And if we're successful, our partners are, are successful because we're really an agency model, which is making all of our um, sports organization partners successful. You know, you certainly, let's talk about how the different pieces kind of fit together to, uh, I, I guess, address that thesis. So with home team sports, I mean, that's obvious because you are really targeted to the local fan with your home team sports sales group that sells local advertising, regional advertising around the RSNs. Very successful, kind of an understated or underrated story in the sports. I, I, yeah, I agree. It's, it's really interesting. We, we, um, we are the leader in selling uh, sports media in the, in the country, outside of the leagues themselves um, and the major media companies. Uh, we actually have all M MLB baseball games, all NBA games, all NHL games. So when you look at that, um, both on TV and streaming perspective, when you think about that fandom, we actually have an attachment to almost 83% of all U.S. sports fans uh, using that vehicle plus a number of our other vehicles. So to be able to bring that to advertisers is really important. There's an interesting evolution that's happening in local media. How is that going to be brought to consumers? Is the cable bundle uh, going to be the way we go about it? Is it the new direct consumer offerings uh, that the teams and the RSNs? Are the teams themselves 
going to be starts to uh, uh, getting closer and closer to uh, that live game interaction with their fans, as you saw with Monumental and some other organizations uh, sort of buying their own media. So we love that position because we're right there in the middle helping um, the ecosystem, whether the team owns the rights, whether the local net sports network owns the rights, um, or whether there's another third party, we're still that nucleus um, focused on that fan nucleus, and we're still the partner in the middle that can help exercise all of those elements and, and drive value. And to that point, Michael, your, your, your comment about the changing nature of the RSN business is true, but even in the local markets where they are the really the leader of programming, they attract the most eyeballs regardless of sport. And to your point, uh, we all know the troubles facing Bally Sports and some others, but they still draw massive viewership in those markets. Yeah, and it's not just the most out of any sport, it's the most out of any media. They beat broadcast, they beat news, yep. right? They beat entertainment. It's really wild. Like if you look at, at any major market across the country, what is the number one piece of media in that market? It is fans watching their local pro games, period. It's amazing. So if you think about that fandom, wherever that goes, you may watch, decide you're gonna watch on your phone, your computer, you may watch the game on your screen, on your refrigerator for all I care. You're gonna be watching the game because you're a fan, right? The coolest thing that we found is that fandom starts when you're on average about seven years old. And you know when you lose it? Never. Never, yeah. You yeah. die with it. There's only a few things you die with <laughs> in this world. The love of your family, the love of your friends and the love of your sports team. Unfortunately, your dog, your pets, they all have shorter lives. You die with those three things. And that's an amazing factor and an amazing category for all of us in the sports industry to, uh, to create value off of. You know, Michael, another category that you're heavily invested in, which is also undergoing dynamic changes in college sports. And certainly you've been in the multimedia rights business. We talked about that at the top of the show. But also you've gotten in some big schools, uh, Auburn, uh, Maryland, I think Michigan State, Nebraska. Uh, these are big schools where you're making big bets. So obviously that translates into the fandom thesis that you've applied earlier on. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So college sports is a, is a really interesting evolution. You guys write about it a ton um, in terms of what's happening, right? Whether it's name, image, and likeness, college realignment, the largest shift of athletic directors turning over in the history of college sports, uh, the transfer portal, sports betting, you name it. It's, this, it's a wild time right now in college sports. But one of the coolest factors is that if you look at college sports in aggregate, it is really the second largest sport in the country, um, which is amazing. So, and think about that as it grows, right? Think about that as the kids can make money, become more professionalized. Think about this as the TV deals get bigger. Is college going to be bigger? The number one category in the country. It's really interesting. So we're investing a ton in college, not just on, on driving rights deals and producing revenue and fan engagement for all of our partners. You mentioned a lot of our new partners, including Nebraska, the latest one we announced, but, uh, but we're actually diving into some of the other categories as well. Just take name, image, and likeness for a minute. We're actually helping structure deals for athletes. We're actually, actually helping drive revenue. We're putting funds in place at schools to be um, to be developed for us to be able to find advertisers and create the right incentives to find advertisers to come in and offer deals uh, to athletes. And just one, even one, one personal example, uh, Mark Jackson here locally in Villanova and yep. I both have kids in school together. So personally, we have these interconnections. 
And we were talking one day and said, hey, let's bring the kids by the office here, the one you just mentioned, our headquarters, and let's do a photo shoot so they could use these images and go create more NIL, NIL benefits. So we actually brought them in, um, actually filmed them, did a photo shoot for them. So if you look, pick, a, pick your favorite pl player, Dixon, whoever, on the Villanova basketball team men's basketball team, check out their social streams on Instagram. You'll see some of the coolest pictures. Those were filmed here at Playfly Sports. Just a little personal connection as we, as, you know, as we drive our business forward, because we really believe that, that everything comes down to the, the players and making them successful. Um, it's going to drive the, the programs, it's going to drive the revenues, it's going to drive the media. Um, so you got to always start with the player. Yeah, I, I love that. And I think Mark Jackson is really another underrated athletic director. Athletic directors who I think have the hardest job these days in all of the sports industry with all the challenges they face. You mentioned NIL. You mentioned the strength of college sports. Michael, I think all you have to do is look at the landscape of the college football season and the mass amounts of interest. And you see that college sports isn't a very good place on the football side. Be interesting to see where we go on the basketball side. And other parts of your business that are interesting is, you know, they're commercially driven. Uh, Premier Partners. You know, they sell. Uh, impressions, sell. Naming rights is an area you're getting into. A lot of potential there as well. Yeah, that's that's a really interesting area. If you think about it, when you look at a stadium, when I was a kid going to the Oriole, Oriole games as a kid, and I looked out in the outfield, I saw zero advertising. <laughs> when you look out in the outfield today, and like, for example, the Phillies, which are in the NLCS, which yep. is amazing and exciting for us uh, uh, who live in Philadelphia, um, the, you look in the outfield, there's ads all across these stadiums. The really interesting microcosm is this not ruining the game. It doesn't have any change in the game for the fan. Actually, interestingly enough, the fan is actually getting influenced by those advertisings. Our research says, which we're big on data and insights at our company, it really drives all of our decision-making. Uh, but you can actually see fan lift, their affinity to the sports team. Again, local fans being the nucleus of the whole industry, and their connection to those advertising actually drives the advertising. Not only that, the fan seems happier to be told what is associated with his favorite team in our, or he or she in our research. So it's really interesting that association. Our data shows that it's not only something that's just popping up because of commercial value in the stadium, it's actually something that's driving benefit from a fan's perspective as well. They wanna know, who is my team's favorite car, car brand? Who is my team's you know, favorite sports drink? It's really interesting um, when you get that feedback from fans. And again, that data and that insight really drives our business. But the cool thing about it is we take all that data and all those insights and we sell using our teams at Premier Partnership, using our teams uh, across our business. And we actually really get to, to, to jump into some interesting projects. Just a couple of things to note, which I don't even think maybe we haven't even released yet, um, is that we're doing a number of the MLB patches that start that are going to come out next season, right? As this season's hot, the ratings were up. MLB actually grew their ratings this year, right? So we're hopping in. We're going to do um, talk about a hot team. We're going to do the Mariners patch um, this year. We're going to mm -hmm. do the Rockies patch this year. We got we got some other ones too that that uh, that uh, we have uh, in the sales process. So. We're really excited about that category because not only is MLB on the upswing, but you're having these amazing stories. Just, just look at the Mariner season. 
Um, so we're just excited about that and all these young new players coming out on the baseball side. Yeah, and I think that jersey patch, uh, you know, sales proposition will be fascinating to watch because like Playfly, there are a number of other agencies out there, really more supply right now than maybe demand. So we'll have to see how that plays off, uh, plays out. But a very interesting piece of inventory that you are holding there, specifically around the Mariners, which I think uh, really are one of the hottest teams in baseball uh, as they finish their season. I also want to talk about an area, Michael, that you've been in from for a while since you started Playfly, and that's eSports. From our perspective, eSports has maybe leveled off a little bit. Interested in your take on the business. Sure, yeah. So eSports is interesting uh, for us because what it is, is it's, again, going back to the local fan. The fandom and the engagement in esports is through the roof. The one thing that, that the industry hasn't figured out is how to monetize it and how to invest in it appropriately. So what ended up happening is everybody saw that engagement and said, let's throw money at it. So you saw a ton of investment go into esports that was really unfounded yet on how to actually do it. A lot of it went into inauthentic experiences. Let's put esports events in movie theaters because there's a bunch of seats and a big screen, right? That's actually not the way to go about it. The, the core of esports is to be genuine and authentic. So you have to come at it from the perspective of the grassroots experience from the kid who wants to watch another kid play a video game, right? That is something totally new, especially for me growing up in the 80s. <laughs> um, that is not something that I experienced. So so when you think about that, you can't push traditional sports theory on esports. You have to you have to come at it from a different angle. So that's what we've done. We not only have the largest collegiate esports league in the world with 600 plus teams playing each other every year, multiple seasons a year, um, but we've built a Playfly esports agency. So taking the same concepts as a sports agency, but using esports and the authenticity of different elements of esports to try to drive those businesses forward. So not only do we drive value creation services for our own property, but now we're doing it for a number of other businesses in the marketplace. So bottom bottom line sounds like you're still pretty bullish on the esports ecosystem. You got to do it, but you got to manage it in a sustainable way. Throwing money at esports and thinking about it like a traditional sports is not the way to go forward. I get asked a lot, what is next in Playfly's uh, uh, M&A strategy? I mean, are there areas you still want to bolt on? Are there parts or segments that you're not in that you want to be in? Yeah, so so our, our key strategy and our, all of our value creation services that we drive forward are to help sports organizations, whether it's a team, athletic department, a sports TV network, a league, to think more like a media company, to act more like a media company, to be a content creator. Uh, to be a database analyzer. All of those elements of a traditional media company that really drives revenue, drives fan engagement, drives your marketing and promotion, all of those elements are something that a media company has perfected over the last 50 years. But sports teams are just getting used to feeling those out. We want to be a driver of that type of implementation for all of the sports organizations. So we look for M&A activity that helps us do that better. So if we can help sports organizations think more like media companies, if we can give them services, tools, so we're thinking, so that's technology, that's content production, uh, that's media sales, that's database marketing, that's um, uh, data management, that's data activation, all of those elements help sports organizations think more like a media company and drive their business. That's how we use, that's the filter that we put our M&A through. 
Interesting. So some of those segments, some of those capacities and capabilities uh, might have been lacking uh, from those sports teams or sports organizations, really preventing them from thinking like a media company first, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and scale effect. If you think about it, a sports team is really a small to medium sized business in each of these markets, right? We, we, we service, you know, 90 plus of the 120 pro teams in the country already today. So we get an inside view in those organizations. So we're just trying to help them continue to evolve um, and continue to get scale and network effect um, uh, to drive their business. And that goes into storytelling, which teams are getting much better at content creation and storytelling around their brand, around their players. Uh, I got, a, I guess, a two final ones for you. First off, you know, you're in this great new uh, headquarters, like you said, uh, along the main line or close to the main line in Pennsylvania, Philadelphia area. Talk about some of the attributes, why uh, you invested in it, and what does it mean for, I would say, creating a culture uh, at Playfly? Yeah, so so I think and and really the the cornerstone of any organization, but even more so in sports, is the people. So the people, the relationships that those people drive, the work that those people do. We send a lot of people out in the evenings to go to a game, the weekends to go to a game. This impacts their lives, right? So really having the right people who are motivated, who are passionate about sports, passionate about what we're building. We're a challenger brand in the marketplace, right? We're new, right? There's big multi-global, multinational global sports agency brands out there. We're the new player, we're the challenger player. So we organize a group of people that are betting on themselves, that are competitive, that are excited to be in the challenger brand. So that's our culture. We're building it around those people. Um, and when you think about that, you go from, from that and then you build out, okay, well, how do we win as being a challenger brand with our people as the, as the cornerstone and the foundation, good people? It's innovation. It's using technology. It's thinking about ourselves, think as if we're our own customers, making sure partnership is a key element. It's making sure we represent our partners in the marketplace um, appropriately. All of those elements um, at the end of the day, really drive our business. And it drives our key values. And our key values internally to drive our culture, uh, Abe, to your question, is those core categories. It's our values, our people, innovation, partnership, and results. If we can stay on tap on that, everything we do, um, we'll continue to build an amazing culture and drive results for our partners. And are you playing some hoop in that complex uh, from time to time? There you go. I love it. I love it. So I even bring my kids every once in a while on the weekend to shoot some hoops here at the office. So I get the double benefit of, 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 of being, and I'm going to use air quotes, a cool dad because I'm really not. But uh, yeah. I love it. Yes, you, uh, you know, you've been in the business a long time, traditional media, Altice and cable business. You know, I think I came from my office right now where I read about three or four reports about, you know, uh, 2023 recession, 100 percent likely, uh, very pretty broad and vast economic headwinds in all of our faces. You know, how do you think the sports industry can, uh, you know, withstand those economic challenges? What part of the business do you think could be impacted by such an economic downturn? Sure. Yeah. So, well, I think you guys report on this quite a bit, but sports is the most resilient category at the end of the day to recessions. We actually have the opportunity um, to be the leader again. Going through another downturn, what happened during the pandemic, Pandemic, you can go back to 2008, you can look at the stats, we've done it, and you can actually see that sports ends up having the least amount of impact commercially 
um, than a number of other categories when you have an economic downturn, uh, which is really, really a good thing for all of us in the industry here. Um, so when you look at that from that perspective, I, I feel, uh, you know, uh, blessed to be in the sports industry. But when you think about, all right, how can we actually flip the bit? How can we keep the growth, right? From a perspective, are we in the recession now? We just had, uh, uh, you know, using baseball as the example, because we're in the playoffs and it's a lot of fun. We just had this amazing wildcard weekend experience. Um, we had more teams in that wildcard experience that actually drove the ratings at the end of the season more than they historically do because so many more teams were in the race. So if you look at that, we actually had double digit increases in our revenue in that in the MLB category this year in what we call a recession. So we're actually seeing we're actually we're actually seeing opportunities to buck the trend. We haven't seen a major drawback yet. Um, so we think there's a we think there's an opportunity to continue to 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 be the leader if there is any deeper recession and have sports media become the, the pinnacle of, of, uh, of the comeback, hopefully. Final question for me, Michael, uh, from people I talk to who you work with, uh, you're a voracious, uh, uh, I would say, a learner of the business. Uh, you get knee deep in the business. Uh, and I know about your work ethic. I've heard a lot about it. So as you follow the sports business, what's a story in sports business outside of one we've chatted about already that you're following most closely and why? Sure. So, um, well, yeah, I, I love to, I love to go, go, go. I'm, uh, I'm, uh, it's fun. It's, we're in a competitive industry, right? Winning, winning, uh, makes money. So let's, let's, let's do some winning. So, but, uh, but I think I guess in the, you know, uh, from a personal side, um, so I mentioned this before, but I love the youth and the excitement of the Baltimore Orioles. So I know I share some of that with some of your fellow colleagues at SBJ. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, the the Baltimore Orioles are getting exciting. I'm excited about that. Um, it's a great. It, it's a it's a fun thing. But I'll actually shift to where I live now, which is actually a more fu fun story. Philadelphia sports right now yeah. that is pinnacle, yeah. right so let me let me get out of my youth and where i grew up and let me talk about where i live right you got the eagles number one you got the phillies in the nlcs you got the sixers looking amazing you know coming out of the preseason you got the flyers hanging in there so it's just an exciting time actually the union, the union. go to mls yeah. for a minute too right talk about talk about soccer for a minute so anyhow um i just love all the stories i mean just this past weekend not just for philly just for the world of sports, forget business, forget all the stuff that you do, that I do, like the, the excitement as a fan this past weekend on college football, on baseball, on basketball. I mean, it's exciting. So I love that. So that's the story that I follow is, is that excitement because I love I love watching those sitting on the couch with my family specifically and, and, and watching those games. Well, it translates well because you love it, but you're also in it. And we're all fortunate to be in the business of sports because of all that, I would say, uh, excitement, uh, the public excitement for the love of sports. So, well, Playfly is a company, like I said, one of the more dynamic ones in the sports business right now, a one that many people are talking about. We'll continue to watch your progress and your growth at Playfly. So for founder and CEO, Michael Shriver, thank you for joining us on SBJ Spotlight. Well, I appreciate that. Thanks, Abe. I'm a big fan of yours and, and, and all of SBJ. So I appreciate being here. It's really exciting for me as well. Appreciate it. All right, thank you.